turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good day and welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Anything you want to talk about? Taking a look, the markets uh, opened lower. Are we in for a June swoon is a big question. Positive uh, indication in the oil markets today. Uh, positive if you're a consumer who drives. Negative if you're an oil investor. Oil's lower is what I'm trying to say in a long about way. Sitting around 48.58 a barrel, down 2.2%. Heightened concerns about Libya's stepped-up production, undermining production cutback efforts by other oil-producing nations. Been so far pretty summer out there. You got a little bit of an end of the month thing going on. Portfolio managers reportedly want to show for uh, marketing efforts that they have been, you know, have the exposure to the best performing stocks. There's a high five, so to speak. Every portfolio manager wants to show their clients they own Alphabet, which is Google, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Facebook, all tech companies. Um, and they're all benefiting, I gotta say this, by the cloud, except for Facebook, but, um, Facebook in and of itself is a company that, you know, they benefit from the cloud in a funny way where you give them all their content and then we go and look at your content. So they're not a content producer per se, more of a content hoster, but those high five stocks are all sitting near all time highs. Um, they're well loved and if a portfolio manager could put them in his portfolio and say here's our top holdings ta-da aren't I smart you're like whoa you are smart Uh, analog devices delivered an impressive fiscal second quarter earnings report this morning replete with better than expected guidance for its third quarter analog devices is a supplier to Apple so it has offered a basis to extrapolate that it's encouraging guidance mean encouraging things for Apple um, a lot of people like to own the companies that go inside of Apple phones. 
I get it. You know, sometimes you don't want to own the obvious. China's official manufacturing PMI report for May came in better than expected at a 51.2 reading. Uh, the dividing line between contracting and expanding is 50, so 51.2 means expanding, and May marked the 10th straight month that it's been above 50 in China. Um, what else can we say? The preliminary CPI report for the Eurozone, consumer price inflation, showed a deceleration in year-over-year change in consumer prices. That was true of total CPI, which slipped 1.4% from 1.9%, which dropped, uh, you know, its basic range. The dollar itself has been plagued of late by falling interest rates that have been tied in part to the belief that the Fed may not raise the Fed funds rate in 2017, and it presumably raises the target range as at its June meeting of June 13th through 14th. So, the Fed may have one more move when they want it three or four in each of the last two years. They have under-delivered. Time and data are going to tell us in the next couple of weeks what the Fed's going to do. So, um, falling interest rates. So, again, even if you take a look at the 10-year treasury. And the 10-year treasury, to me, is important because you can park money in it and feel comfortable that you're going to get about 2.2%, and that should be able to you know, come somewhere close to inflation. You don't want to lose your purchasing power versus inflation. At least conservative money doesn't. And when I see that 10-year treasury at 2.2%, first and foremost, it extrapolates out into low-cost mortgages. I like that. Um, but on top of that, to me, it tells me that there's a lot of fear that the economy is just not as strong as it should be. And or that the 10-year interest rate is going to be decidedly lower for the foreseeable future, um, in large part tied towards you know just more conservative money in the markets. I get it. So... 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to do, we can do. We can talk about. There's going to be a Chicago PMI report for May and pending home sales index for April. Uh, those are both out there as far as data that we need to crunch today. And economically speaking, um, I think it's important to pay attention to all the data, but not to get too caught up in all the data. Uh, TiVo's out there as a publicly traded company. You don't get to talk about TiVo very often on this show. Um, and the reason they want a big uh, court case, as far as patents go, against Comcast. And you're like, TiVo? Huh. Why doesn't someone like Roku or so? Uh, why doesn't someone buy them? DVR skipping. Uh, is there enough technology in that? Is a really good question. I, I don't know if there is. I don't have that kind of knowledge base. So the April pending home sales came in down 1.3%. There's not a lot of inventory out there. Excuse me, I got a sneeze. Ooh, holy mackerel! Thank you. One of the things I want to do on the show is try to help you foolproof your retirement plan 
and have a retirement plan. So what will you do in retirement is one of the biggest questions that I come across. Are you going to travel? Are you going to volunteer? Are you going to do activities with family? Are you going to go back to school? Another thing to consider in retirement, not only is what will you do, but where will you do it? Where are you going to live? Some retirees grab an RV and hit the road. Others find a community in a low-cost area and settle down. Uh, so what we do, where we do it, and how healthy we be is the third consideration. Once you hit 65, you're eligible for Medicare, but that won't necessarily end your health care financial concerns. Medicare is not perfect in any way, shape, or form. There's a big old donut hole in it. Uh, the period between where basic drug coverage runs out and catastrophic drug, drug coverage kicks in. So if you have a lot of prescriptions, which is increasingly likely as you age, you could end up with an impressive drug bill at the end of every year. Um, I know another consideration you should have is not only what do you do in retirement, where do you do it, but how healthy are you? I think what happens economically if things don't go well? A lot of people have their money maybe in a house and they see the housing market go down. They might panic. A lot of people have their money in the markets, and they see the market go down, and they might panic. Um, some people don't have enough money, and they quickly decide or slowly come to terms that they have to go back to work. Uh, we have a 75-year-old security guard, which is not the best thing in the world at my television station, Cron 4. Um, so long story short, I know you're saying, like, if, there's every, every, if he ever needs to run into action, let's hope he can do it, right? Uh, my biggest concern in retirement is all of those things. And I'm going to ease into retirement. I'm going to go from my 60-hour work week to a place where I feel comfortable living to something along those lines. Um, you know, 60 hours to 40. Uh, I'm going to find the place I want to be early on. 800-516-1220 teacher calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 teacher calls in the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. McDonald's delivery to be available in 3,500 restaurants by June. It's already available in 2,000 restaurants across the United States. Steve Easterbrook, the CEO, said another 3,500 locations will have delivery capabilities. Golden Arches found that 60% of delivery orders were placed in the evening or late at night. I could say that I will never, ever, never uh, order McDonald's to, to be delivered until there's one night where I 
get really stoned or, you know, really drunk or something happens, right? I'll never, ever, ever, never, ever do it. Um, until you actually do it. So, I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone. And I'm not condoning smoking marijuana or drinking alcoholic beverages. I'm saying I would imagine that's a large part of people who are going to be ordering late night. But I could be wrong. So, I could be wrong. 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. It takes a long time to save up enough money to buy a home. And it's supposed to. It's not supposed to be something that's super easy to pull off. 80% of millennials report that they would like to buy a home, and a majority even say that it's part of their five-year plan. Yet 68% have less than $1,000 saved. Almost half, or 44%, have saved nothing at all. And yet, most of them think that they're going to buy a house in the next five years. Average homeowner to this day is 38 times wealthier than a renter. That's a powerful statistic. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Let's talk a little bit more about that real estate market with Mr. Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, bayarealonesource.com. Good morning. So, Tony, um, I just closed a loan that you helped put me through that whole process. Pretty painful process, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's the normal process that... Uh and everybody's going through nowadays. You said something, though, during the process that I found interesting. You, you said the better the loan. Yeah, the, so the, the lower the rates, the harder the loan. The higher the rates, the easier the loan. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. The lower the rates, the harder the loan. I'm I'm gold. You know, as Jerry Seinfeld once said, that's gold. That's gold. That's gold. <laughs> so, um, that's gold, Jerry. That's gold. That's gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> So I'm gold. How come it's how come it's so difficult for a high quality individual buybacks with period. all 32 teeth? Why is it difficult for me to get a loan? Buybacks, buybacks. What Lend, does that mean that means that when the lenders package the file that you did your your whole credit package and they sell it uh, to a servicer um, and then they wrap that as security of some sort. It, it if a lender misses one thing, they have to buy the loan back. And most lenders, believe it or not, are not in the business of buying and holding loans and servicing them. So they follow every single letter of the of the law. Um, in, in your case, it was you know, a Fannie Mae transaction, so they're going to follow Fannie Mae rules, and they're going to cross their T's and dot their I's and their J's and pull some teeth uh, so that you can get that low rate. Um, everybody that's done a transaction has probably felt the same way uh, going through it. It, it. And it could be anything from... You know, the, the, that certain frustration level of providing extra documentation or trying to get in touch with an employer to verify uh, income and, and employment. Uh, and they have to do these things. This, the farther you get away from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and those, those lower rates. Now, again, you can be in Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and still go through that process and get higher rates if you have a low credit score. Um, but you can go to a portfolio lender who doesn't care about bankruptcies and foreclosures and short sales. And they they can use alternative me, uh, um, documentation for assets and income. You'll end up with a slightly higher rate. That's just saying the mid fours to upper fours, and you're still doing what they call a full documentation loan. And you can even get interest only. These are non qualified loans and uh, mortgages. Sorry, and they end up um, staying with that lender. So there are a bunch of lenders that actually service and hold their loans, and they're going to offer you slightly higher rates now. The way they figured it is that you're still a high quality borrower, 
but they think we, they can get a premium for you just to make it easier. And then the higher you go, you go to private money and so forth, and you're going to end up 7 8%, 9% or higher, and then it's easy, easy, easy. You don't even have to have a credit score. You don't have to have a job. You just need the assets. There's even no income, no asset investment property loans. So, the, But those rates are, again, higher than your standard 3.43% from Freddie Mac, which is their recent survey on a 30-year fix. So One of the interesting things about doing this refi was, in my opinion, was the appraisal on the house came in better than expected. Mm-hmm. But that also caused one of my conditions to change. I had to have more insurance on my home uh, to rebuild it because the value was now perceived considerably higher than it was five years ago when the insurance was originally. Yeah, issued. you're you're actually um, not insuring the land. You're insuring the replacement cost. Huh? Um, so the appraised value has little to do with that. I think that's just a comparable to um, costs that are relative to what it costs to build your, rebuild your house, um, in, in your neighborhood with, you know, this, they do it by square footage type of, uh, calculation. So yeah, it, it, it also means that how many people are sitting there with insurance that haven't, che- haven't refinanced in a while and haven't checked their, um, replacement cost and their coverage. A lot of people slap on like an extra 10, 20, 25%, uh, additional dwelling coverage, but that still may not be enough. Which I was pleased to find out that USAA has a rider on my insurance that basically said, okay, you, your replacement cost is 400000 to rebuild a home, but we'll cover up to 25% above that. Yep. Uh, it wasn't that clear on, on your report, on your policy. Okay. The lender missed it. I missed it. And then once we identified it um, and we contacted the insurance agent, they basically said there's an extra 25% on here, $100-something thousand dollars in coverage. Um, but without that, imagine – Having to replace your property, you wouldn't have had enough money uh, or enough coverage to replace it. You were short by a hundred and some thousand dollars. There's a lot of people that own houses today that need to review their policies to make sure they have enough coverage. Good advice for sure. Now, what are we seeing right now in the housing market? Um, obviously, I got this amazing mortgage rate, and I, I want to thank you for getting me through that process. It is a bit of a process because I think you had to probably resubmit extras. Uh, what do they call it when the insurance company, when the mortgage company comes to you and says, we need a little bit more information? Conditions? Uh, the conditions had to be resubmitted like, at least a good four or five times, it felt like. And uh, it's not as easy as, here's my 1099, awesome. Here's my taxes, awesome. A uh, lot of resubmitting, which is, who's, who is that? Is it the lender who has the issue? Is it your, your person who's submitting the loan that didn't ask for enough paperwork initially? Um, and, and, which most loan officers are trying to do when they submit a loan is, is submit a complete package. And you, you're really going to miss a lot. You have a, a situation where you have some, you know, the income uh, was different than most people. So that caused an issue of how we were going to verify that. And then there was some stuff on the tax returns. And it could be different for everybody. So when you originally submit the loan, sometimes you, never, you don't know until the lender reviews it what you're actually going to need. Nobody dies.
Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. And you want to talk about what we can talk about? Michael Kors stock is down 9% today. Uh, why? Why, Stella? Um, and it hasn't had a good year, going from essentially $56 all the way down to 33 And when you take a look at the 10 years, it's gone from 33 10 years ago, all the way to 105 all the way back to 33 um, luxury retail is difficult, in my opinion. Uh, there's just a lot of losers in retail. A lot of losers. Uh, Michael Kors is going to shut down 100 stores. Uh, basically, their sales fell about 11%. Uh, Neil Saunders, the CEO of a retail consulting firm called Michael Kors Sales, results catastrophic. Precipitous drop in sales does very little to reassure that the company's recovery program is on track. It's a nice brand name. Let's take a look at some other brand names in the world of retail, shall we? And when you do, first and foremost, you have to start thinking to yourself, you know, um, is this a fair comparison? So buying a stock to me is about learning how to compare stocks. When you take a look at Coach, Coach Bags is kind of a luxury purse maker. In the last 10 years, surprisingly, they've gone from $45 to $45. Very similar lack of results. Um, but at one point in time, Coach Bags were $78. Uh, so they went from 45 whoa, down to 13 way up to 78 all the way back down to 45 thus doing nothing. Now... If you were to throw out another company that's kind of in kind of the branding of apparel, but not necessarily high-end luxury, you'd probably take a look at something like a Polo Ralph Lauren. And interestingly enough, in the last 10 years, they've gone from about $77 to about $67, uh, not creating a lot of value for shareholders, not a lot of dividends along the way. A hell of a trading stock, though, going from 98 down to 42, all the way up to 184, all the way down to 67. Some stocks are meant to be rented, not owned. That's my opinion. That's not the opinion of the station. That's not the opinion of every investor. That's not the opinion of, you know, uh, uh, the stock gods. So um, some stocks are meant to be rented, not owned. A certified pre-owned vehicle costs more than a regular used car. Changing topics ever so slightly. But it gives you some pretty good perks. Certified pre-owned vehicles are used cars that are backed by an automaker's guarantee. They're usually newer cars coming off a two- or three-year lease. Certified pre-owned programs limit the miles the cars can have on them, typically under 60,000 in many cases, and puts the cars through rigorous inspections. They come with extended warranties and sometimes extra perks like roadside assistance or satellite radio. Um... I myself would rather buy a certified pre-owned vehicle than a brand new car. Until you max out your retirement, until you're filthy rich, buy two-year pre-owned certified. So certified pre-owned status typically adds 6 to 8% of the price of the car, 
or between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars. Um, but for the extra cost, you get factory trained mechanics that are going to perform 150, 160, 180 points of inspection on the vehicle, which is usually less than five or six years old. Amongst other things, they'll check for any outstanding recalls, they'll make those repairs. After that, what you get depends on the brand. Some automakers include whatever is left over from the original powertrain warranty, which covers the engine and transmission, along with a shorter bumper-to-bumper warranty, which covers the engine as well as interior and infotainment. So I'm totally good going two-year pre-certified. You want to make sure that's really certified, though. It can only be sold by a brand's franchise dealer. So independent dealers may sometimes call a company or may call a car certified um, or it's Carfax certified, but that doesn't really mean much. You want to decide if it's worth it. Um, you know, Again, like I said, you're paying a little bit extra for that uh, guarantee. So just something to think about. 800-516-1220. Sounds like we have a phone call. Jeff in Livermore. Jeff. Hey, how are you doing, Rob? Good, what's up? Um, yeah, well, I, I really like your show, and I think you give real sober advice. Um, I've um, taken your advice, I think I called a year or two ago, with some crazy questions about uh, buying gold and silver, and uh, you set me straight. I have, for the first time, started maxing out my TSP uh, for the Good. last couple months, um, so with the, you know, the IRS 18000 maximum. And I'm thinking about um, visiting uh, with a financial planner for the first time. Um, I've been kind of rolling my own with the, the asset allocation and the TSP fund. And, um, and I'm also sort of wondering what, what the financial planner might be talking about in terms of, you know, next steps. Like, where do you go after you start maxing out your TSP? What are, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's all sorts of things I could potentially do down the line. So. Um, I don't know Absolutely. If, what your thoughts were. Yeah. Do you want me to give the thoughts of what a financial planner might say to you? Yeah, I have no idea. I've never visited one. Like, what? What? I mean, basically, the two questions are: you know, I'm 43. I'm I'm hoping to retire not not a day later than 62 from federal service. Uh, my birthday on age 62. I. What, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what, what kind of things uh, a financial planner would talk to me about or... Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. Thanks for the call. Um, in your situation, you know, we're of similar ages. And what a financial planner may say is he may look at, okay, you're maxing out your, four, your TSP. Um, what else can you do is going to be the big question because... If you have 500000 you could actually work with the CFP. Somewhere between three hundred and 500000 is right when it makes a lot of sense to do that. Um, but a financial planner may say something along the lines of, okay, what can we do other than max, to max out your, four, uh, your, your savings? And it may be something like opening up an IRA and then rolling it over in a couple of years into a, self-directed, uh, into a Roth IRA so that you can have some income in retirement that's not taxed like your TSP will be. Um, he may look at your health insurance or your life insurance. He's going to look at your estate plan if you have one or not. Um, he will probably look at other areas like do you have a will or do you have a, a trust? If you own a house in California, you should probably have a trust so that you can avoid probate, which is going to eat up about $40,000 of your estate. 
um, when you die, a trust is going to cost you about $5,000 now, and you can start putting your assets in that trust. And again, it's something you want to update every five years, so it's it's not cheap, uh, but it will save you money when you're dead, which you may not care about. Uh, I don't know your marital situation. Probably could look at your TSP uh, structure and say if you're choosing the right plans or if you're being too aggressive. So those are some things to, to consider. Um, if you have kids, he'd probably say something along the lines of you want to open up a 529 plan and start saving a little extra money that way. Um, probably would work with you on a budget to see you know where you're wasting money and or where you're doing well. Um, because trust me, there's there's loopholes there. But if you want to learn a little bit more about what a CFP is going to do, and I'm pretty sure that Chad Burton has this on his website. New Focus Financial. It's He's got a list of 15 things you need to do before hiring a CFP. Um, so if you go to newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com, and you look under resources, uh, there's one of them is 15 things you can do uh, before you retire. Or actually, it's not there right now. So if you just if you email me, I'll I'll, put, I'll get that list together for you. So I know he has a copy of it on PDF, so I'll get that for you. But um, also, if you go to a website called CFP.net, CFP.net, they do a real nice job of explaining to you. Um, what a CFP does and why is it important. So, um, you know, there's a website called Let's Make a Plan, and that's a financial plan. So uh, that's you can find that if you could just go to cfp.net. Uh, you'll start getting a, a pretty good feeling for, you know, what it's all about. And the CFP is a designation that is pretty cool, in my opinion. Um in the sense that a CFP is a certification, and it's tough to talk about because they want a lot of legalese put into everything that you say, um, but they are essentially a continuing education, certification renewal, public standards. They enforce, you know, they take away that CFP designation for the bad CFPs that are out there. Um, so I think it's it's a career that's going to be in demand. Um, but they give you kind of some financial standards. So I would find, I'd go to cfp.net and take a look at some of the, the information that they give to you about individuals um, and what you can expect from working with a CFP. But also if you drop me an email, Rob at Rob Black Show, Rob at Rob Black Show.com, I'll send you out the top 15 things you need to do before hiring a CFP. I think that's a pretty good uh, question on your part. So thanks for the call. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and or more. This one's going to scare you a little bit, and it's going to teach me a little bit about branding. The FAA is proposing a fine for United, accusing it of flying a plane not in airworthy condition. The FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, is proposing to fine United Airlines almost half a million dollars for flying a plane that was not in airworthy condition. At issue is a Boeing Dreamliner that United Mechanics serviced on June 9, 2014. The airline replaced a fuel pump pressure switch in response to a problem a flight crew had documented two days before the repair. Instead of immediately performing the required inspection, FAA said United put the plane back into service. Um, I'm not going way out on the limb here when I say this. Some airlines I think we all feel are better than others. You may love United. You may love their credit card or you may love something about it, right? Uh, not so much for me. Um, I'm not a big fan of United. I'm a big fan of Southwest. I'm a big fan of JetBlue. I used to love Virgin. I like Alaska. Um, you know, I could certainly make a case, right, for companies that I do like and I don't like. Uh, hopefully you could do that too. Again, it's part of the reasons we become investors. But years ago, I had an experience where uh, someone was pregnant, and she called United because she was flying all the way back to the East Coast to visit family. And she had a little morning sickness in the morning and just didn't want to get up. And I don't know what that's really like because I get up every day. But she wanted to catch the next flight kind of thing. And uh, long story short, she missed. She called them and said, okay, yeah, I'm going to take the 11 o'clock flight instead of the 9 o'clock flight. And they're like, okay, and, you know, it's $50 to change the ticket. But what they didn't tell her was, because she changed one part of the uh, two-way flight, that her second part got canceled. And so she waited and waited. You know, she went on vacation, visited family. Seven days later, she goes to the airport to get on the flight. And like, oh, no, no, um, we canceled that when you canceled your first part. But you never told me. You never told me you were canceling the second part. I just wanted to cancel the front end. Um, oh, so, so sorry. Well, okay, how much is it going to be to fix this problem? Not only did she lose money from the first flight, from the flight being canceled originally, now she had to buy another ticket. So she essentially has to buy, she essentially has to buy two tickets. No more sound effects. She essentially has to buy two more tickets uh, to get back home. The one that she originally bought that was canceled, and the one that she has to buy now. They're like a thousand dollars, and the flight was like a three hundred dollar flight. To say the least, the amount of screaming that went on at that point in time was crazy, to the point that I believe I used the phrase. I wish cancer on you and hope you die. Probably not the nicest thing that I've ever said, but at the same time, it would have been nice had people known that up front. And I've never flown United ever since. Um, So they lost me, and it's been eight, nine years. And again, like I said, that's that's the damage of... that's, That's America, in my opinion. 
um, in the sense that damage can be done to your brand that you could never, ever recover from. Uh, I tend to find the same exact thing with restaurants. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you loved it, you loved it, you loved it, and then one day you just get bad service or you get like hair in your food. You get something that is ew, disgusting, and you're like, I'm never going there again. And you don't. And maybe you, you hold out for six months before you go there again. But Americans have a pretty powerful thing called their dollar, and they're willing to use it. Pending home sales dropped 1.3% in April. The spring housing market is starting to show some weakness. That drop comes after a larger-than-expected drop in closed home sales in April. Home buyers are pulling back, signing fewer contracts. The spring housing market continues to be plagued by a lack of home for sales. Home shoppers signed 1.3% fewer contracts to buy homes in April. Um, that's got to hurt if you're a realtor. JetBlue is going to start accepting selfies as boarding passes. Now, that's a story I like. Uh, anything to make the whole airport experience more comfortable? Um, I'm in. I am in like Flynn. So... Uh, I don't mind going up in a plane. I just mind going through the process of getting on a plane. So JetBlue is partnering with Customs and Border Protection, um, you know, a company that specializes in aviation IT. It's to be the first airline, JetBlue, to use biometric facial recognition technology to match a person's identity with their ticket. When boarding a plane, a customer can opt to simply step up to a camera and have his or her picture taken instead of scanning a boarding pass. That picture is then sent to the CBP database where it's matched with visa, passport, or immigration photos. Flight details for the passenger are also verified at the same time. Screen above the camera will let the passenger know when they've been cleared to board. Um, it's a pilot program that's going to launch in June, but it's only going to be available in some airports. Um, in fact, uh, it's only going to be available from Boston's Logan International Airport to Aruba's Queen Beatrix International Airport. Uh, do you like that idea? Do you dislike that idea? And did you know your passport photo is being saved out there um, and can be used to match you up? That's, to me, pretty fascinating. Pretty cool. Pretty fascinating. So, other stories of note, um, U.S. should hike the federal gas tax to pay for roads, so says a Trump infrastructure advisor. Um, how do you feel about that? More gasoline taxes to pay for potholes and bridges. I don't mind that idea. I certainly wish our government would spend money wisely on road projects and bridge projects. Uh, so maybe we don't have to have more taxes, but I like the idea of if you're going to be uh, driving on said road with gasoline... Why not tax the gasoline? So that's out there. Also, Lafrac said, you know, you guys should borrow money because money's cheap right now. He's got a point. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Yeah.